Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. We are back and we are live. It is Fight IQ presented by Rotowire. Here to talk UFC 259 triple header title fights. Jan Blahovic, Israel Adesanya. That's the main event for the light heavyweight title. Amanda Nunes, the women, women's MMA GOAT, defends her featherweight strap against Megan Anderson and the People's Main Event. I'm sorry. Just, I'm sorry, Blahovich Adesanya. The People's Main Event. Piotr Jan against Aljamain Sterling for the UFC Bantamweight title. We are going to break all that down and more on this 15-fight card. A lot to get to. I'm your host, the Daily Fantasy Sniper. With me, as always, the analyst, the co-host, the important guys of this podcast. No one wants to hear me ramble that much, except when I'm railing on Chris. It is the aforementioned Chris Olsen and Joe, better known as Sun Tzu. Guys, are you ready for UFC 259, an early contender for card of the year? I, I am very much, yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, I'm not the first one to make this point, certainly, but you have, you have a couple of fights here that could be main events by themselves on any fight night card. Um, you have, uh, of course, Jan Aljo, which I think is one of the best fights to make in the UFC period now. Um, you have Dominic Cruz, uh, Casey Kenny, which is also a point of interest whenever Dominic Cruz is fighting. And, of course, the three title fights, um, uh, one of which isn't that great and the other is kind of gimmicky. But, as I said, the, 
the third one is gold. So, and I'm here for all of it, and we're here to break it down. So uh, I'm excited to get going. And I, I just want to keep the money train rolling. I mean, I had another pretty good week in DFS. It's hot. Uh, like two out of my last three weeks have been pretty good. Um, so I want to uh, keep the money train rolling. And can 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 we say uh, Ryan Barton, uh, viewer of the podcast, taking one down last week? That yeah, he t- he he tied he tied with yours truly. Yeah, well, and uh, and, and fifty of your other closest friends, but and still, fifty three others of our closest friends. You get you get all the shine, you get all the shine, Joe. We're gonna focus yeah. on no, Ryan. No, Ryan, congrats, Ryan, buddy. You know, Ryan, Ryan, uh, Doctor Pimple Popper, and uh, fifty two others. Uh, you know, we took yep. down a piece of that, a piece of that big one. So with that being said, let's uh, let's try and take take down a piece of this big one before that though actually a little business to take care of. Make sure you go to rotowire.com slash free for a 10-day free trial to all their premium content. No credit card required. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe to the podcast, wherever you're watching or listening. It's Rotowire on YouTube, Rotowire MMA on iTunes for the podcast. Let's talk some face punching. First fight up of the 15 fights on this card, Mario Batista. He's 9,100. Take it on Trevin Jones at 7,100. Line on this fight, Trevin Jones and Mario Batista, excuse me, is the minus 220 favorite. The comeback on Trevin Jones is plus 200. If I want Joe to go, I did the math here. If I want Joe to go first for the women's championship fight, which a lot to break down there, I know. <laughs> yeah. We're going to start with Chris. You're up. What do you got for this fight? All right. Well, I mean, I actually like Mario Batista as a fighter quite a bit. I, I picked him against uh, Sanhagen. We all know how that turned out. Turned out very well. But um, I, I think uh, I like him as a fighter. He's very agile. He's a he's a decent wrestler. A really slick jujitsu player. I don't understand why he's quite such a favorite here. Um, Trevin Jones. Uh, we all know him. Uh, the, the very the very in my mind at least questionable stoppage that he got in his. Uh, UFC debut on short notice, still a, a good fighter. I think a good wrestler and uh, athletic in his own right. I'm going to favor Bautista here just uh, for the in and out movement and for the wrestling. And I think that <coughs> Jones going to be a little too comfortable on the ground here. I think that's going to cost him, but that 9,100 going to be a little tough to justify that kind of price tag, especially with 15 fights, especially with a guy who's not much of a finisher anyway. Although I do like him as a fighter, he could get some ground control time here. Uh, we have that, but and unless he he subs Trevin Trevin Jones, I don't. I'm not sure how likely that is. Could happen, but um, so again, he could be a pay up play uh, contrarian. But that that would have to be really deep for all the fights. I do like Mario Batista, but this one might be a be a fade. Joe, who you got? Yeah, so I, I have Batista as well. I mean, I think you know. Valley have actually tired himself out pounding on Trevin Jones. Um, uh, I, I look, I like the last fight of Batista. Um, you know, he was essentially an even, it was essentially an evenly lined fight. Um, and he, uh, he got a flying knee ground and pound knockout in the second round against miles. Johns. That was a pretty good looking fight. Um, he does train at MMA lab, which I like. Um, so I give him the camp advantage. Um, to Chris's point, though, I just don't see how you get him into a lot of your lineups. And for that reason, you look, he could be a contrarian play, as odd as that sounds. We've got a 15-fight card, knock on on whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, we got a 15-fight card. I, I can't imagine this 
fight as a whole is going to get a lot of ownership. So if you're looking to do a little something different, um, maybe you you take a flyer and and you go you bid up uh, Batista. Otherwise, he's really hard to kind of get in at nine point one k. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I, I like Batista. I'll probably be a little overweight, but I don't think it takes a ton to get there. I'm going to try and keep my breakdowns really short this week, guys. We've got 15 fights to get through, and it's supposed to be an hour show, but we'll probably go a little bit over. But What's if anybody me? wants to challenge me on anything, go for it. I think we're all in agreement there, but I'm going to try and stay pretty brief. Next fight up, Euros Medic, 8,900, taking on Elon Cruz. At 7,300 line on this fight, Medic is the favorite. Line is currently minus 165. Elon Cruz plus 155. For me, Elon Cruz is a really live dog with some uh, GPP upside. Uh, he's my pick to win this fight. Joe, who do you have? Okay, so I feel a lot better about my pick now, and I want I want to throw out some props to, to Daniel Levy here, who uh, – teed me off to the fact that uh, Eros has has done his last two camps at Kings, um, which I really like. That's Master Rafael Cadero training with Benny and others. Um, he, you know, I think there is some bias against, you know, coming from the Alaska organization. But if there's anything to shake that bias, it's doing a couple camps, camps at Kings MMA in Orange County. So I like him a lot more than I did last night when we did our when we did a pod last night, Sean. So I'm uh, now going in on uh, medic. I like him. I like him a lot more. Um, maybe take a few flyers on Cruz. We did not actually see a lot um, in his fight against Spike Carlisle. Um, you know, I don't know what you could get out of the two significant strikes and one fantasy point that he scored. Um, I guess he is moving up in weight. Um, you know, he's pretty massive for one, he was pretty massive for 145. Um, he's reasonably sized for 155, but, um, you know, based on, um, you know, the knowledge that, uh, his, he's been fighting at, uh, at, uh, with master Rafael Cadero at Kings MMA, I'm going to take Eros Medic. Chris, who you have? Yeah. Uh, oops, sorry. I'm going to put, uh, up Nandalal here because I wanted to say that I don't know where the Alaska uh, bias comes in either because Cannoneer's from Alaska. But he was dog shit when he started. Well, he was a heavyweight in Alaska. That let's. That's why. Yeah. Oh, he came in here as heavyweight too, didn't he? Didn't he start? Yeah, because he was doing it in Alaska, and he's like, "Oh shit, these guys are huge." Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I I, I actually uh, agree, Sean. Uh, hopefully, we don't make a habit of this, but I I agree with you about. Elon Cruz, I think that, um, you know, if they run that Spike Carlisle fight back, it could go very differently. I think a couple of strikes he did land um, seemed very significant, as, as odd as that sounds. But um, the one thing that uh, bothers me about Cruz here is he tends to back himself into the cage. Um, he did that in the Spike Carlisle fight, and I think Medich has got some good kicks here and uh, some good aggressiveness for pressure, I think, uh, could hurt. <coughs> But um, I agree that Cruz is a live dog, and, uh, you know, I like him. I think this fight probably ends inside the distance, so I think it's one to target either way. I'm going to go with Medici just because I think that, um, you know, yielding the space to uh, Medici if you're Cruz is not a good idea. But, yeah, uh, as you said, Sean, live dog, but the pick is uh, Medici. 
right, next fight up, we got Amanda Lemos, 8,700, taking on Lavinia Souza at 7,500. Line on this fight, Lemos is minus 215. Souza is plus 195. Uh, this is actually a sneaky fight for me to target. I like this one a little bit. Both girls are uh, aggressive, throw a lot. I think there could be some takedowns here. And to me, uh, Souza has kind of been exposed as not that great. And I think Lemos has got sneaky upside in a fight that I think most people are just going to skip over. I think it's going to be a really under-owned under, under -owned fight, so um, could be shooting myself in the foot here. I like Amanda Lemos quite a bit. Chris? Yeah, um, I, I said we weren't going to make a habit of this. I'm going to try to watch this going forward, but uh, I kind of agree with Sean. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. I, I could have swore you were going to take, take yeah. Souza. Damn. Yeah, it does seem like a fight where because I, I like sneaky sneaky grapplers with uh, with some upside. But Lemos, has, has the gra I think, probably has a grappling edge, but I think more importantly has – Gonna have the physicality edge here. I think that uh, you know Lemos is just gonna be stronger. We saw Souza uh, controlled a lot in uh, previous fights. I just think, I mean, the, the frames are gonna be uh, Lemos just gonna have a bigger frame, but also I think it's just gonna be stronger. I think that she can get a lot of takedowns in control time. I think that uh, Souza is good enough to not get subbed, but I think that could lead to a lot of control time take down to potentially a lot of points. So, and I mean, I, I do think Lemos has some power for this division too. So we can't um, discount that. Uh, Levina Souza is very tough. I don't think she gets finished here, but it is a consideration. But my pick is Amanda Lemos. Joe. Yeah. So I'm going to have to complete the trifecta here. Um, taking a page from Jessica Andrade's book, uh, Amanda Lemos, after getting finished by standing elbows by Leslie Smith, Dropped two weight classes, realized she was a bit undersized for bantam weight, dropped oh, the straw weight, uh, and uh, reeled off two wins. Now, again, it's uh, Miranda Stranger Danger Granger um, that she beat um, as a plus 155 dog, and then uh, Mizuki Inoue as a plus 115 dog. So, in her three UFC fights to date, uh, Lemos has never been a favorite. So this is she's got in a new role here as a favorite. Makes me a little nervous. Um again, Souza has is credentialed in Invicta, was the uh was the strawweight champion in Invicta, came over, has been so so in the UFC. I think this is gonna be a surprisingly close fight. Um again, I do think uh Lemos will have a little bit of size and strength on on Souza, not a ton, but I'm gonna pick Lemos. I don't know how much of this fight I want. Um, I am likely going to be under ownership on this fight, but give me Lemos. All right, next fight up. Let's talk Sean Brady, 9,300, taking on Jake Matthews at 6,900. Line on this fight, Sean Brady's minus 215. The comeback on Jake Matthews is plus 195. Two really similar guys. I think the consensus is that wherever this fight goes, Brady's just a little bit better. I don't think it's by a ton, but I do pick Sean Brady Joe. Taking the dog here. I know Jake Matthews is one of your favorite dogs fighting out of Yeah, here. no, Probably I mean, look, garage. Matthews does not fight well at, that well out of Australia. Um, you know, and again, I, I got it. You guys could cover your ears because I say it every time we come to a Jake, Jake Matthews Part fight. Part of my intro. Yeah, he needs to uh, he needs to stop training out of his garage with his dad as his coach. Um, 26 years old, has already had both hips shaved, um, you know, took a little time off. Look, he's a good, solid, well-rounded fighter. I just honestly believe he needs a better camp and he needs better training partners. Um, you know, Sean Bradley, uh, one of the best back tattoos in the UFC. 
um, kind of training in a semi-hot camp in Philadelphia, Gracie, one of the Gracies. Um, You know, there's Dawkins and others at that camp. I think Paul Felder actually started his career there. Um, Look, I don't know that the line should be this wide. And I think there are probably at least two better plays um, in the 9K range. Uh, But I, I have to give the edge to Brady here. The other thing with Matthews is, um, he does tend to gas out, and he does tend to get very discouraged when things don't go his way. So um, take that for what it's worth. Um, give me Brady here. Chris? Yeah, um, I'm taking Brady, too. I just think that, you know, I think I think Brady kind of gets hurt in this matchup because he, he's a slick striker, but he, we have the, uh, you know, the point four on the significant strikes instead. And I don't think that – I mean, Sean Brady's a good wrestler, too – but I don't think that he'll be able to take down Jake Matthews. I mean, a lot, a lot of the ground exchanges in that Matthews uh, Rocco Martin fight were in, initiated by uh, Jake Matthews. So I think this probably stays standing uh, unless Jake Matthews wants to wrestle, which he might. He might feel like he has to if he starts getting overwhelmed on the feet. I think that's um, a mistake, though. It would be a mistake for sure, but it might be. You know, he might be forced into it. I mean. Sean Brady, we saw how we've seen how good his guillotine is, and what kind of squeeze he has. Uh, Rocco Martin, uh, I think that was a technical submission, right, on uh, Jake Matthews in that fight. So we know it's possible. So that can definitely happen. Uh, I, I like Jake Matthews. I think his striking has come along. I think he's 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 better, a more comfortable striker now, better at pressuring. But I just think that um, Brady's going to have, as you said, uh, Sean, advantages everywhere. I think. Uh, the, the faster guy, the more diverse striker, probably not the better pure wrestler. So I, I'll, I'll, I'll amend that a little bit, but the better jujitsu. And uh, yeah, so I think this is Sean Brady's fight. I'll have some of him just because I think he's an impressive guy. And I think he can, he can sort of get a lot of things done. I think he's going to be, um, you know, I think he might be a really good point scorer uh, for DK uh, when it all shakes out. But um yeah, I'm I'm going Brady, but I would caution a little bit that he might underwhelm with the scoring in this particular matchup. All right, next fight up: Carlos Ulberg, nine thousand, taking on Kennedy and Jake Wu at seventy two hundred. Ulberg is the favorite. The line is currently at minus two forty five, and Juku is plus two twenty five. Uh, Chris, you get to start us off in what I've described as the proverbial. Turd in the punch bowl on this whole card because it's two guys who are not good. Ulberg, by the way, has got like no pro fights and he's in the UFC because he trains with Israel Adesanya. And Kennedy and Jukwu is a freak athlete who doesn't, who's super green too. So who the hell knows what's going to happen here? Chris, take your best guess. Yeah. Um, three and oh, I was trying to think, uh, besides, besides like a gimmick fight like CM Punk or something, I was one, I was wondering when a guy who's had less fights has made his debut here. I don't know if anybody has the answer to that question, but uh, suffice to say that this is not very good. And I think um, this is maybe a, a sneaky one to just wash out and go to a decision here. Both the answer is Mickey Gall, by the way. Oh, it's, is it? it's part of the CM Punk fiasco. Right. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But he's a legit fighter, so it's sure. Mickey Gall. Sure. Um, but I, but I do think that um, this has a ten uh, as a possibility, I should say, a good possibility to wash out and be a nothing fight. Both these guys are extreme counterfighters, uh, from what I have seen. As we mentioned, not a ton of uh, tape on Ulberg, but from what we 
have seen he's a counterfighter as well. We know Injuku is a, is a huge counterfighter. That's how he. That's how Paul Craig was able to stay in that fight with him and eventually get that submission. So both these guys have a lot of power. They don't throw a lot. So so inactive. I, I, yeah. So I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be maybe uh, dangerously underweight to this fight just for a little bit of edge, and it might burn me. But um, I think I think it goes to the decision as far as a pick, because I, I guess I got to pick someone. I guess I'm going with Njuku here just because he has 14 fights and the other guy has three, you know, and, and one of those fights lasted about a minute on the Contender Series. It was about two minutes. But uh, Njuku has some cage time. Uh, he's, he's hard to hit. I, I mean, I, I haven't really seen him get rocked cleanly, and he does have power. So I'm going to take him here and just sort of roll the dice on that, but um, on the experience. But yeah, this is one. This is a sneaky uh, overplay, in my opinion. I pretty much agree, Joe. My one thing is, I do think Ulberg is much more likely to finish and and end up on the optimal somehow. You know, trip his way ass backwards on there. So I'm on the Ulberg side, but pretty much agree with the breakdown. How about you? I'm going to take Kennedy and Juku. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt having taken a year and a half off that he got better training at Fortis. Um, freakish athlete, you know, 83 inch reach, uh, six foot five, um, at least, you know, fighting, a, you know, he's an MMA fighter against a, a glorified kickboxer who took out a middleweight on the Dana White contender series. Um, you know, he's going to be massive. Um, you know, I, I definitely see him as a sneaky, GPP play, and I'm looking at it the other way than Chris. I'm looking at him as a sneaky finish, a sneaky finish possibility here, and maybe taking a flyer on him uh, at a relatively low ownership um, and at a really attractive DK price um, to get a finish. Um, So I'm going to pick Kennedy and Juku for that reason, and I'm going to play him to finish. All right, next fight up. Tim Elliott, 8,200, taking on Jordan Espinoza at 8,000. Line in this fight is, you know, it's been close all the whole week, but it's close even more now. It's Tim Elliott minus 107. Jordan, Espino- Jordan Espinosa, you got a little bit of juice there as well. He's minus 103. Um, really kind of a weird fight. Uh, Tim Elliott seems to, you know, ha- have improved under James Krause, which, you know, kind of doing the same thing he did uh, for Derek Minner and calming his ass down. Does that result in... Joe, is that going to get him a win here? And it's still going to score well for DFS because your more control is not as good for us on DraftKings. True, true. And Tim Elliott has, typically scores a lot of his points by being really active on the ground with advances, not so much with control time. <laughs> Look, they should build a statue to or a monument to James Krause if, if Elliott wins this fight and wins it impressively. Um, I'm not at all impressed by Espinosa. I'm not really sure you know, what the buzz is around him. He hasn't really impressed me that much. Um, I think, you know, Elliot is clearly, has clearly fought better competition, um, is clearly better from a skills perspective. Um, You know, he needed the camp change. He was bonus hunting, living in Vegas, going out with Gina Mazzani. Um, You know, he pretty much said he was a one-round bonus fighter. So uh, going going to train with James Krause at Glory MMA, um, it paid immediate dividends. Um, let's see what happens here, but I have to go with Tim Elliott. Chris. 
So I actually do like Jordan Espinosa as kind of a prospect. I know he's been very underwhelming so far. Um, in this matchup, I just love his speed. He's going to be so much better than Tim Elliott. Um, it is the case that we've seen uh, Jordan Espinosa sub twice now, but both these those guys are way better athletes than Tim Elliott, who's just kind of janky and is going to stand in front. Um, I think that he can – obviously lose that way, but his takedown defense inside the octagon has actually been pretty good. I think it's around, it's 80 or 90%, which you wouldn't expect from a guy who's been taken down himself twice. But um, yeah, I just, I just can't trust Tim Elliott to, and I mean, you say he's been calm, Sean, but he, I mean, he's still, he's still shot 13 times in that uh, Ryan uh, Benoit fight. So, and he was one for 13 too. So I, I don't know. Um, how much joy he gets there. I think that Espinoza, this is a perfect fight for Espinoza, as long as he does it, can stay on his feet, because Tim Elliott's going to gonna go right for him, and he's going to have no chance, but uh, or no choice, rather, but to, you know, employ his counter-striking as he moves around the cage. So I really like him here. Um, I'm, going for, I'm going for a sneaky finish uh, with Espinoza in this spot. I think that... Um, one of the better matchups he's had, as long as he can keep his feet. So, so let's try uh, Espinoza for the finish. Yeah, I think it's you know what's funny. I actually agree with you. My pick, oh my. dude, what, something's in the water tonight. I don't know. You what's guys going are on. insane. You guys are yeah. insane. My I, mean, I, I guess I guess that impressive performance against uh, Look, against uh, Eric I, Shelton. I, I, I broke it down. I broke it down down for you last week. I, I if this fight does not go to the ground, Batista's going to beat up Tim Elliott. And I'm not sure Tim Elliott can, can he's going to chase takedowns again. I don't think he can do it. Yeah. So I don't think he can do it. Do it. Do it for three rounds. So I won't be surprised. We're gonna we're gonna find out. Sean, I agree with you with most of this card. This is not good. I'm Sean, that's a fantastic fight. breakdown. I'm oh God, a, I, I might have to I might have to bet Tim Elliott so I feel better. Guys, uh, don't don't listen. You don't want to lose money. Hedge it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next fight up. Oh, another another fighter. Joe loves. Joe's a big fan of Kai Car France at eighty five hundred, taking on Rogerio Bonterin at seventy seven hundred. Kai Car France is minus one thirty. I I don't know how. Uh, Rogerio Bonterin is plus 120. Um, clearly, I'm picking Bonterin. I don't think Kai Car France is great. What is even in the breakdown here? And, and who's the first in this one? Uh, Chris, you're up first, correct? Uh, even, yeah. even if oh, Chris yeah. is going to pick um, Kai Car France, I have a hard time seeing him scoring well for DFS because it's going to be a point fighting decision. That being said, take it away, Chris. Yeah, I uh, am not going to pick Kai Carr from... Nice, all right. Rogerio Bontram, by the way, is going to be the underdog chalk of this card. He is, yeah, absolutely. I was going to say, which makes me uncomfortable. I don't like doing that. Uh, I think public darlings, uh, they, they make me nervous. They give me a queasy feeling. But especially somebody who's unproven, like Bontarine. But I like his well-roundedness here. I like his toughness uh, in that pie of a fight. He, that was one of the more uh, odd sequences you'll see where one fight gets stopped with a cut and then the other one does, and then the, the second one stops the fight. So that was interesting. But, uh, yeah, I mean, not only a, a, a good come-forward striker, but also a nice power wrestler. Uh, I like that about him. I think that, uh, yeah, I, and I, th I think he, he hits pretty hard too. As I said, a uh, little bit uh, – leery about taking the public uh, chalk here, but I have to go with Bontarine here. 
I think his upside is really good for a dog in this spot. And uh, yeah, so pick his Bonterine. Yep. Yeah, I'm on Bonterine as well. I mean, uh, I think I haven't seen much improvement out of Kai Kara France. Um, I, I think Bonterine will be able to actually get him down. Um, I think the line will flip by fight time. Um, so, you know, if you're going to bet him, you probably should have bet him already. Uh, but yep. give me, give me Bonnerin. Done and done. Uh, next fight up. Uh, another fight that I have a small wager down on because there are a few lines <coughs> in this card that I don't think make sense. Uh, Askar Askarov, 8,300. <coughs> Joe Benavidez at 7,900. The line on this fight, like I said, which I don't think makes a lot of sense, is Askar Askarov is the favorite now at minus 125. The comeback on Joe B, the winner in life, who has married Megan Olivia, just so I can steal the thunder from Joe. He's, he's plus 115. Uh, Askarov, by the way, the only fighter on the whole card to miss weight, one pound over. Um, look, Joe B's one of the best to ever do it. I get, you know, it, it, this is just a fade on Joe being being shot, right? Plus 115 makes no sense to me. Um, I will say, though, for upside, I think Askarov probably has the better DFS upside. But, Joe, what's your take on this fight? Yeah, um, I am going to tentatively pick Joe Benavidez. Um, look, I think Askarov is a good fighter. Uh, although the narrative here is Joe B does not lose in Las Vegas. Um, during his entire UFC career, he has never lost a fight in Las Vegas. Um, some Maybe something uh, to be said for rolling over um, at your home next to Megan Oliveri. Um, you know, so give me Joe B here as a slight dog. Um, I'm, obviously he is more experienced, um, very comfortable fighting in Vegas. Um, have not seen a lot of diminished skill sets in his, in his game. Um, look, I think if he loses, he probably leaves his glove in the ring. Um, maybe if he wins, he lives, he leaves his gloves in the octagon. Um, so give me Joe B here at home. Chris. Yeah, uh, well, Joe Benavides can come talk to me. I'll I'll, I'll tell him about losing in, in Las Vegas. But uh, <laughs> I think I think I'm going with Joe B too. And if the narrative is that he's shot, then I don't quite understand it. I mean, his losses were to not only a guy who's never lost uh, or, or who can't, not never lost, but isn't really in the habit of losing in the octagon so far in uh, Devison Figueredo, the current flyweight champion, but. Also, a, a tough matchup for him in general with the frame and the length and, and Benavidez darting in and out. But I, I think I like him here because Askarov, look, if he can't wrestle and get this fight to the ground, I, I, I don't know how he um, survives on the feet here with, with that darting in and out style, which I think would play really well here against sort of a more stationary. I mean, he's gotten better. He's a little more agile, but... Uh, Definitely not as agile as someone like Benavidez. And I think Benavidez is really tough to take down, especially in the latter part of his career here. So I just really doubt that he'll be able to take down Joe and control him. And if he can't do that, I don't really see him winning. So I'm taking Joe Benavidez here. And, um, you know, if, if, if Askarov can't get this fight to the ground, it could get really bad for him. Uh, we saw him almost almost get knocked out by, by uh, Brandon Moreno. So, um, you know, who knows Who knows what level of success Joe B here. I think he's kind of a sneakier play because I, I think this is a fight that, especially on his side, most people won't look at. But uh, I like Benavides here, and maybe he pulls off something special. All right. Uh, actually, 
Joe, you're up for this fight. Where'd you go already? I already went. Oh, you, did, you did. Sorry. I yeah. was looking at my notes and I already flipped to the next fight. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Next fight up. Song Yadong, 8,800. Take it on Kyler Phillips at 7,400. The line on this fight. Kyler Phillips is the underdog. He's plus 142. Song Yadong, the favorite, minus 152. It's interesting here that Phillips is, I think, got more weapons. He's got grappling. He's got volume. Song Yadong, the big power counter striker. Chris, how you have it going? Yeah. Um, kind of flipped on this fight uh, later in, in the week. I think that I was initially on uh, Song here just because of the slick boxing and, and the power. But, you know, you have to remember that the fight that he got a draw on, which probably should have been a loss, the Cody Stammen fight, uh, he was able to be taken down pretty regularly here. And Kyler Phillips is a really complete fighter. I think, um, you know, really impressed with him, especially as I went back and watched more tape. Very agile, slick boxer, uh, varies up his targets, really mixes in the wrestling well, is a good control grappler. And, um, you know, unless he walks on to something here, gets caught, which he could do. I actually, actually like Phillips more and more here and liked him more throughout the week. And uh, I think that's where I'm going to land. So my pick is the dog in Phillips here. Yeah, we agree again. But I think Phillips is going to be a pretty popular dog. I like the yeah. grappling based here. Volume for a decision. Just don't get knocked out. I think he wins. Joe, who do you have? Yeah, I mean, I, I am leaning my, my my pick is Phillips as well. I mean, look, granted, he hasn't fought the most impressive of opposition. Um, You could say that at least one of his wins was against the downright bad fighter um, who had a very suspect record. But he's won. He's won his two UFC fights. Um. You know, Yadong is tough. Um, if this fight was in China, I would definitely be on Yadong. And that's not me being racist. It's just the guy happens to fight. Chinese fighters tend to fight much, much better at home than they do on the road. Um, you know, it could be any number of reasons for that. But um, I'm going to take Phillips here as a live dog. I think he's going to be fairly popular on DraftKings. He's definitely got, you know, 12, 13x upside here. So give me, uh, give me Phillips. All right, next fight up, let's talk about Dominic Cruz, 8,100. Take it on Casey Kenny, also at 8,100. It's the mid-range fight on DraftKings, and Casey Kenny has moved to be a favorite, minus 135. Comeback on Cruz is plus 125. Look, again, we're just this line is just fading Dominic Cruz, and I get he's old, his body's falling apart. Casey Kenny hasn't shown to me he's a, a favorite over a top 10 guy, much less a, a potential top three guy. I know Cruz hasn't won since 2016. These guys are going to say that. Yeah, he lost to prime Cody Garbrandt and and Henry Cejudo. Henry Cejudo was one for five on takedown. You're telling me Casey Kenny's going to take him down? Hard time believing it. I'm more concerned about the overall scoring in this fight. I'll take Dom Cruz to win a decision with that funky movement, assuming he's not shot. And that's a big assumption, so you should play some Casey Kenny and GPP as well. Um, Joe, you're up first for this fight. Yeah, um, I'm going to take Dominic Cruz as well. I think Dominic Cruz... You know, can certainly win a decision here. Um, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if he dropped them once. Um, but I think Dominic Cruz at e the Dominic Cruz that we see today is still better than Casey Kenny. Um, so give me Dominic Cruz here, slight underdog. Um, let's get the dominator back in the win column. Chris. Yeah. Um oh, where am I? Here I am. We really have to uh, – I'm, I'm tempted just to pick Kenny just to break this this fever here of us agreeing, but I can't do it. I'm going to go Dominic Cruz. I think that um, 
Look, what you guys said is basically right, and this is another situation where I don't think that Cruz is shot. I particularly agree with Joe when he says that um, even if he's lost a little step, which I think you argue can argue that he has. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't argue too hard if you want to tell me he's slowed slowed down a little bit. That's fine. But the reason I, I like him here is because I I worry that Kenny is one of these guys who sets paces that he can't keep. Uh, in that Nathaniel Wood fight, he was the one getting tired in the later rounds. He still pulled it out just because he was able to just grit his teeth and come forward. But I think that just that come forward style is really playing into the hands of Dominic Cruz, who's still going to move around. I don't think he's as prolific a kicker as Suhudo has turned out to be in, in his uh, latter fights with that karate, more karate-based style. And I agree that he won't be able to take him down. He, I mean, he may not even try. It, it may be like the wood fight. Um, he may not try. And I think that this could this could score well just because of of the action that Casey Kenny is going to draw out of it. And I think that the reason – look, um, Casey Kenny called this out, and you might wonder, well, why would Dominic Cruz take such a fight? It's because I think that he recognizes that this is a good matchup for him. Um, otherwise, you know, he could probably get pretty much any fight he wants at Bantamweight. when he takes this one – probably because he wants to reestablish himself. I think that he will, and I think it could be pretty impressive. So my pick is uh, Dominic Cruz. All right, next fight up. Let's go hunting for some differences. Alexander Rakic, 8,600, taking on Tiago Maheta Santos at 7,600. Line on this fight. Uh, Rakic is minus 162. Santos is plus 152. I'm on the dog here. Uh, I'll take Tiago Santos. The issue being, look, Rockage has had some not great moments. I know Tiago Santos' injury problems, he lost to Glover, but look, Mahetta is, is crazy in there. You're going to stand a strike with this guy? You have a serious problem. Rockage needs the grappling. I can't trust a young fighter to go with a smart game plan. Could he do it? Maybe. Got, he's got uh, the upside there if he goes, goes for, for grappling. Until I see fighters consistently institute a smart game plan, I think they're all idiots because I've seen them, everyone do stupid stuff in there, not follow a game plan. It's amazing. Um, so I'll take Santos, and I think he's got some, uh, obviously has some knockout upside. Uh, for this one, it is Chris. You're up yes, there. I think so. And um, I, I, I'm not even going to reference it anymore, because I guess we're just going to agree on everything. And I've, I've, come nice. to, I've come to terms with it. But uh, oh, So well, you're clearly picking Megan Anderson, right? Oh, oh yeah. I mean, that's the obvious pick. But uh, – I do think that look if you're gonna say if you were worried that um, Tiago Santos was gonna have lost a step after all those injuries, it really didn't look like it. He ended up losing the fight, but he hurt Glover on multiple occasions. Glover, by the way, has become the Terminator in recent years. Glover do what Glover do. He loses consciousness and then wins. <laughs> it's it's really absurd. He has no business winning these fights. He wins all of them, but um. There was also, I think, a little bit of maybe uh, fatigue, uh, not so much clear thinking by Tiago, not getting back to his feet. Uh, be as it may, I agree with you, Sean, that I don't expect Rat Ragic to employ a wrestle-heavy game plan here. He may, but you have to remember, yeah, they did spend a lot of time on the ground in that uh, Anthony Smith fight. Anthony Smith initiated most of that, and some of it was bait, was – him pulling Rakich on top of him going for takedowns, literally. So I don't trust him to get uh, or employ that game plan. It also needs to be said that Tiago Santos is not a bad uh, defensive wrestler. 
I think Glover's offensive wrestling is pretty underrated, particularly his single leg. He's really good at it. But um, I think I think uh, I think Tiago's as dangerous as ever. And and uh, Rakich can get backed up. We saw that in the Anthony Smith fight uh, for the set for the precious minute that Smith was on his feet. This can go either way. Um, Tiago Santos is forever a glass cannon. Although we have seen some me- some measured uh, fights out of him. Uh, the Jan fight in particular. But, uh, yeah, I'm going Santos here. Have a lot of this because this one is almost certainly not going to go the distance. But uh, my pick is Santos. Joe, who you got? Wow. Uh, that's three for Santos. Um, again, I think there's a bit of recency bias here. Um, obviously, Santos was coming off of a long layoff due to serious injuries in the John Jones fight, which he lost by a split decision. Um, I will take the uh, paratrooper here in uh, Tiago in Santos. Um, I've seen Rakic uh, exhibit some low fight IQ moments. Um, he's been able to recover from them. I don't know that he will be able to recover from them here. I do see this as predominantly a GPP fight. So you probably want to have shares of both sides. Um, but um, I think uh, I think Santos is live here. So give me Santos. All right, next fight up, Islam Makashev, 9,400. Take it on Drew Dober at 6,800. Ah, Makashev minus 385, Dober plus 345. And I sigh because I'm a Drew Dober fan. He's made me a ton of money. Um, not here, though. Not here. Makachev is the closest thing we have to Habib Nurmagomedov. Um, he's, he knows he can't strike with, with Drew Dober. If he tries to, by the way, it's not a, not a full fate on Dober. If he tries to strike with Drew Dober, Drew Dober will knock him unconscious. That's what I think of Drew Dober striking. Um, I just I do trust Islam Makachev to go for takedowns, close the distance, and just smother him. That should be what happened here. That's my pick. It's more of how much Islam Makachev can we fit at 9,400 when Amanda Nunes is 9,600. Sean Brady's way up there. Like, it's a little tough on this card. So, um, Joe, I'm assuming you're picking Islam Makashev. Let's just pick. Let's just jump to how much of him can we fit? Yeah, I, I am picking. I am picking him. Um, you know, I wish it was a. I wish it was a five round fight. Um, I think we need to tread cautiously here. I think he's a safer play in cash um, than in GPPs, be, just because at that high price point, um, you know, you're gonna need something uh, special to get to 10x even. So I do like him more in cash, but um, look, Dober has got a puncher's chance. I mean, this is the best Drew Dober that we've seen, in my opinion. Like he is just as good as he's ever been. Um, you know, we have seen Islam flash KO'd by Martins. Um, not to say it can't happen again. So let's take a flyer. Let's take a few um, Dober Dober lineups, put him in DraftKings in mass entry, but give me Islam for the win. Chris? Yeah, um, Adriano Martinez flashes in the back of my head here too. It's it's hard not to, especially when you consider that. Look, Drew Dober, anyone who's tried to stand with him pretty much has gotten hurt. Even people who beat him, uh, he hurt Benil Darius. He hurt um, oh, what's that guy? The Canadian gang, uh, Olivier Arbon Mercier. He hurts everybody who knocked Mercier down. As a matter of fact, before going to the ground there. The Can- I like that you reference the, you reference the Canadian gangster. Yeah, Shout out to OAM. Yeah, really. I I mean that's what sticks with me. Um, that's uh, I, so he should still be here. But uh, anyway, I think um, yeah, I agree. I think 
Markachev is reasonably safe. I think that we what we have seen in the scoring is is a lot of these guys like Ramazan Amiv, these these blanket wrestlers who get some takedowns and get a lot of top control. They they initially under the old scoring system were not desirable, and now they're at least cash plays because of what they can uh, what they can rack up. And you know, I think I think a submission is possible. We've certainly seen it before. But um, I'm going to have to be my boring old self again, as I generally am, and just say that I agree with uh, the consensus here, which is have some shares of Dober and also tread a little bit lightly on, 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 lightly on Makachev. We have to remember this 15 fights, um, and we know that I would say it's unlikely to finish, even though it could. But, uh, yeah, my pick is Makachev. All right. You guys ready? Buckle in. Here we go. People's main event for the bantamweight title. The champion, Piotr Jan, 8,400. Taking on the challenger, Aljamain Sterling, at 7,800. Line on this fight, uh, Peter Jan is now the favorite. Is still the favorite, minus 115. I think the line might actually flip. Aljamain Sterling is plus 105. I'm going to do my little rail to begin here because I think that, to my mind, my crown, my bantamweight title... Aljamain Sterling is the champion. Aljamain Sterling, Corey St. Hagen, was for the bantamweight title in my mind, period. How the bleep Piotr Jan gets a shot against Jose Aldo is is crazy. Look, Piotr Jan, look, UFC smart business. Great fighter, not, not, um, not disputing that. But has anybody had a more padded road to a UFC championship than this guy? He, he beats Jose Aldo, different weight class. He, his best win is Jimmy Rivera. Like that's a good win, but look who you know Al, Al Aljo's beaten. I am much more impressed with that strength of schedule. The UFC wanted Piotr Jan as the champion. Period. End of story. They wanted a Russian champ. Now, now that that rail r- r- rail is done, Piotr Jan is the champ, and he's dangerous. He is the better boxer in this fight. That's all he is to me. Um, Aljo's got got better movement. We know what the grappling can do. He's got more paths to win. You heard Aljo John at um, Piotr Jan during during weigh-ins. Can't hit what you can't see. So, you know, his game plan is going to be moving around. I, I don't know how much Piotr Jan can get done. And it's not like he's some high-volume striker. I think Piotr Jan is kind of KO or bust here. In the Jimmy Rivera fight, he landed, he got outlanded by, by Rivera like 75 to 55-ish. He won the fight because he knocked down Rivera twice at the end of those rounds. Like, it was a close fight. And... Jimmy Rivera won pretty much I, I think he won the majority of the fight, but Jan Jan deservedly got the decision because he had the much bigger moments with the knockdowns. So that being said, I got Sterling has got more pass to victory. He's got grappling upside. Piotr Jan, if he wins, if he wins a striking based decision, like he manages to keep it in his range and boxing range. I don't think that's a lock for the optimal even at eight thousand on a on a five or at what's his price, sorry, at eighty four hundred. On a 15-fight card, that might not be enough, a five-round striking decision. So give me Aljamain Sterling. I think either way, he's a better DFS play. The one thing is, though, as I've listened to other people since doing my research, what I what I just said is not unique. I think most of the DFS world is on Aljamain Sterling, and you can get some leverage on Piotr Jan if you do like him to finish this fight. So Sterling's the pick for me. Chris, start us off. Yeah, I agree with a lot of what you said, but uh, I will not tolerate Aldo slander uh, on this show. So 
I think we'll take it and you will accept that he's 45 years old. You no, know what? He is the king of the featherweight. You say the king of Rio. I'm, I'm, uh, you're the host. I can't hang up on you. Damn well, me. yeah. No, <laughs> I, I, am, I will change your title to Jose Aldo Lover. I have the, the power to do it. So <laughs> I think that um, I agree with most of what you said. And I, I agree, too, um, unfortunately, that I think uh, I think that Aljo is going to be the popular play here. I think the reason why um, Pyrion is is sort of dangerous to pick on DraftKings in a three-round fight is he's definitely a fighter who picks up as he goes. He turns it on in the second, third round. I mean, he he had a lot of competitive first rounds, and Jimmy Rivera was winning that would would have won that fight if not for two knockdowns. I think in the final minute of each of those uh, second and third rounds. So, um, you know, very interesting stuff. Uh, John Dotson knocked him down. I think the problem with him, he's a, he's a very clever boxer, crafty. He's got some power, but he stands in the pocket and he walks on the shots. And I think that could be an issue here with a, with a four-inch uh, reach disadvantage and the movement, as Sean said. The grappling is going to be interesting because Peter, Peter Jan uh, doesn't get taken down very easily, but we've seen that um, Aljo is really good at, at control grappling. Cody Sanhagen is not a good takedown defender, but he is a great scrambler. He wasn't against Aljo. Aljo locked him down, subbed him. If he can get to the ground here, I think he can do a similar thing to Jan. Um, I agree that the leverage is probably on Jan. I just don't know how much he's going to score. I don't know how much time he's going to have to really work himself into this fight and overwhelm Aljo. So I'm, I'm taking Aljo. Uh, it's a fascinating fight. Uh, I'll, I'm going to enjoy it as a fan. Um, I think that, you know, the DK scoring is, is a little questionable, especially if Aljo can't get to the ground, but that is the pick. Joe? Yeah. Um, a number of people who I respect, um, like, and are supporting, Aljamain Sterling. Um, I, I've been going back and forth on this fight. Um, obviously, there is an incredible amount of DraftKings line value um, in Sterling at his price point, and he's going to be – extremely popular and very high owned. So I will have a representative share of him. I still think that my lean is towards Jan winning the fight though. Um, and I will have shares of him as well, but I understand the love for Aljo. I understand the reason to play him, especially in cash because of the line value. Um, I've heard people are stacking this fight. In both cash and GPPs, I do not like this fight as a stack. Um, but other than that, I think it's a good fight to target. Um, I am going to take Peter Jan. All right, I don't think it's, that, it's not that big of a hot take, even though I'm picking Sterling. It's not. No, it's not crazy. All right, next fight up, co-main event. Amanda Nunes, 9,600, minus 5 million favorite. Oh, no, I should get the, yeah. the actual number. Um, Pretty much. Minus, minus 1,000, taking on Megan Anderson at 6,600 and her paltry plus 700 line. Um, Joe, women's MMA whisperer, the chick whisperer. Joe, we need uh, your expertise, please. Yeah. I, I'm dying to know how this one goes. Yeah. Um, yeah, the idea is are we, are we going to get the bonus, the 25-point bonus for this fight? Um I, I recently played a free pool in DraftKings Sportsbook where I had to pick, you know, 
how Amanda Nunez was going to win. And I'm, I'm picking here to win by submission here. Um, look, this is a bad, bad matchup for Megan. Um, I know we don't like to look at MMA math, but I think it's highly relevant in this case. Um, Felicia Spencer is just hands above better than, than Megan Anderson. Dominated Megan Anderson. Uh, did go the distance with Amanda Nunez. I wish she didn't because that might have taken some years off her fight life. Um, Holly Holm took down Megan Anderson, what, four times? And Holly Holm had never wrestled before that fight. So the path to victory is clear here. Yes, could Megan catch Amanda Nunez with something? I suppose she could. But if Amanda Nunez is smart, while both fighters are dry, she'll go in, she'll take her down, she'll she'll go to half guard, she'll go to full guard, and she'll either win by ground and pound, or Megan will more likely give up her back, and Amanda will sink the choke in. How much can you fit of her at 9,600? I think with a lot, there are a lot of viable dogs here. I think you can literally play 100 lineups and have Amanda Nunez in every lineup. Ooh, buddy. I think you can. You could. I'm, I'm, you know, inside to my ownership kind of, I shouldn't be doing this before Saturday, but I'm starting to just mess around with percentages and everything because it's a little harder in a 15 fight card, and yep. we're not down to 13 fights come come tomorrow. But yeah. I'm I'm at like 65 ish percent, so I, it's hard to get 100. It's really hard because it just is. So anyway, um, Chris, who you got? Yeah, I think I think this is one where you should try to get as much. I I really think this could be like a like a 115 to 125 kind of spot, especially with five rounds. And I do think that the grappling comes into play here because the last time that uh, uh, Amanda Nunes rather had to deal with, with a reach disadvantage against uh, Jermaine Durandamy, that's what she did. I think this, this fight could, <coughs> I think this this fight could be interesting for about five seconds with the frame of Megan Anderson to see how uh, Amanda Nunes negotiates that. But once this fight gets to the ground, and I do think it will, it's going to be academic. I mean, not only were the takedowns of Holly Holm terrible, which I mean, she basically just ran backwards until, or ran forwards rather, until Megan Anderson lost her balance. But I mean, Holly Holm mounting you, uh, pinning you for an arm triangle, like what, that doesn't happen. That might be the first time she's even a- attempted a submission, or at least uh, that's as far as she's gotten. Maybe, uh, maybe she surprised herself, and then it happened again with with Felicia Spencer, but you know, much more smoothly because Spencer's an actual grappler. So, I mean, she'll have James Krause in her corner too. Uh, there are limits to even his power. Uh, I don't think he can he can will her to this win here. I, I don't really see – I mean, unless Amanda Nunes somehow doesn't take this down, which I doubt. I think Amanda Nunes is just going to want to get this done. I don't think she's going to want to mess around here. Um, And I, I think she's going to get it done in style. She's going to get a lot of – of takedowns and top control points, and then she's going to uh, sub her out. I agree with Joe. So the pick is Amanda Nunes, and I'm going to uh, get in as much as I can, even with the uh, the high price going here. All right, next fight up. It is our final fight. It is the main event. It is Israel Adesanya at 9,200, taking on Jan Blahovic at 7,000. Line of this fight, Israel Adesanya weighed in at 200 pounds, Flat, minus 230, take on Jan Blahovic at plus 210, who weighed in at 205. And just, if you haven't seen the picture, 
it's the Polish hammer was out today. Holy God, it was Conor McGregor like. Anyway, I had I had I had to reference it. It it was, it's a thing, man. Jan Blahovic. I made the joke that Devin Clark didn't tap out from the choke. He tapped out because he felt a snake on his back. It's it's a thing, man. Anyway, and you know what? Israel Adesanya, I think, is about to feel the Polish hammer. I mean, the Polish power of Jan Blahovic. Um, as we get closer to this fight, and I think my official pick is still is Israel Adesanya. Oh, the, more, the, do it. the more I think about it today, I'm getting closer to taking Jan Blahovic. I'm getting closer. I do think the most likely path here, the most likely outcome, is an Adesanya decision. But here's the thing. Even though I'm picking Adesanya to win, Blahovic is the better DFS play by a lot. At Adesanya 9,200, I think if Adesanya wins, it's that Yoel Romero fight all over again where he scores like shit. So that's my pick for what to happen here. Jan Blahovic, live dog. Um, I would love to see Izzy get 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 uh, get get tagged. Frankly, I don't want a champ champ at middleweight and light heavyweight. Like let's light heavyweight's got some good guys in it. You got Santos, you got Glover, you got Rakic. Like you have you got Ankalaev. Like I don't need a champ champ here. Like I just don't. So um, part of me is rooting for Jan, but my pick is Adesanya. Either way, Jan's a better DFS play. Chris, it sounds yep. like. This is the first time you're going you're going dog where I am not. No, no, no. I thought you were going dog, so uh. I'm excited about it. Um well, we did we disagree on some uh, on some minutiae. Okay. Thank God. Thank yeah. God. Um I, but I, I think that um first of all, I, 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 I made the joke that I think that this is gonna be a tactical thing for Adesanya where he could Get Yana's front foot, and then Yana will just tip over because that's uh, it. Just go right, right over. But um, I, I actually think that this could be a good score for uh, for Izzy, just because look, Jan Blagovich did not learn his lesson from the Thiago Santos fight. He still does that thing where he just puts his chin up and rushes forward with strikes. Uh, didn't work with Dominic Reyes, which surprised me. I thought he was a good enough counter striker to exploit it. I think that if he does that against Israel Adesanya, Adesanya is going to do what Thiago Santos did to him, which is he's just going to step back, counter, and finish him. I think that if um, if if Jan Blagovic has a chance in this fight, it's going to be the, the strength advantage and the wrestling. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. I do think that he's going to be stronger. Um, I think Izzy... Came in at what? Was it 203? 200? 200. 200. 200. So, 200.5, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, that's going to be there, – there's going to be a big strength disadvantage, uh, disadvantage here. I know Izzy likes to say it's not a bodybuilding competition, which is true. But if you have a big, strong grappler um, – and, and now we know that he can use a, a fulcrum point too. Uh, it's it's going to be – it can be bad. But I do think that – Look, just the range here is going to be a problem, and when Jan when Jan tries to come in, he's going to get flattened. Uh, so my pick is Izzy. I do think this has a chance to finish. This will get interesting, of course, if if Jan can get takedowns. That remains to be seen. I do think he's going to try, but I think at a certain point he's going to get anxious and and wait in, and he's going to get caught. So. My pick is Izzy, and I think a, a finish is actually fairly likely in this spot. Joe, I know your pick for this last year. Yeah, so I agree, some a, I agree that a finish is fairly likely. I'm picking Jan Blakovic. Um, uh, 
I love oh. the small. I love the small cage. I think it benefits Jan. Um, gives Izzy less room to maneuver. Um, I faded Izzy in a lot of fights. I think this is a great spot for Jan uh, to be in still. Um, I don't know that Izzy striking is going to hurt Jan at all. I'd be very surprised if he got a finish. Um, give me Jan at 7K on DraftKings. Let me go over market, which I believe is around 18 to 20%. If I'm guessing it's going to be uh, his ownership, give me a little bit more than that. I do like Jan here. I'm not full, full fading Izzy, but at his price point, there are guys that I like more than him. I will have some shares of him in mass entry, but I like Jan for the win here. Well, wait, if, if you're going to tell us you like a finish and you like Jan, you have to tell us how. Uh, well, that's my hot take, though. Okay. All right. Yeah, so my hot, my hot take is my hot take is Jan by sub plus 800. Okay. There you go. That is the hot take. Joe yeah. gave his away if you're new to the show. Um, we do hot takes at the end. Unexpected things to happen on this card. Go ahead. If you're in chat on YouTube, go ahead and type those up. I'll read a couple out before we get to mine and Chris's. I'll do the wrap up here. Make sure you go oh. to rotowire.com slash free for a 10 day free trial to all their premium content. No credit card required. Um, that, and make sure you like, comment, subscribe to the podcast. All right. Now that business is out of the way and I'll have to close on it. Chris, you got a hot take? I do. Uh, or do you want me to go first? Is your is yours super spicy? I think it is. I mean, I haven't looked this up because I wasn't sure I was going to do it. But I'm I'm pretty sure um I'm pretty sure Espinosa by knockout is is pretty Whoa. Pretty that is a hot take. Uh, so yeah, we'll go with that. I hope I just didn't steal your show because I know we were no, kind of no. along the same lines. Nope, okay. nope. I'm I am i am since we're going props on this show, I do like this person to and I'm end up on the optimal. But I want to look up and give everybody a time a little another second or two to type up um some hot takes in chat. I want to find the prop on what I'm thinking here. So let's go with I think Joe knows where I'm going because I gave something similar out. Ooh. Let's go. Lemos inside the distance plus 315. Oh, there you go. Yeah, it's a good one. And if you don't if and, and if you don't like that one, if that one's not spicy enough for you, let's go with um I will tell you that there will be let me look at the salaries here. Yeah, yeah, I want to get DFS specific anyway. Yeah, there you go. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. There are going to be three fighters at nine thousand or above who are on the optimal. Wow! Look at I Non. Think, non is calling one twenty yeah, on I, DK yeah, for Lemos. I love it, Non. Yeah. Non. Woo! So my secondary hot take is going to be a Stars and Scrubs week. Three fighter, three fighters over nine thousand on the optimal. The first, the first time I read this, I, I was like, "What do you mean? You're taking our plus one twenty? That's not happening." No, yeah. no. By, by the way, uh, guys. I, by the way, I would love to have Non come on as a guest sometime. I just honestly don't know that any of us is are intelligent enough to actually understand what he says. I mean, uh, he, I, I maybe get like twenty or thirty percent on a good day of his references. Um, but I would love to really, I'd love to have Nan come on and break down a fight if he promises to dumb it down um, for us so that we could actually understand what he says. Ryan Barton, Polish power, KO, baby. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I, I'm waiting for, and maybe maybe I'll lead by example, but I think uh, next week or whenever we do this next month, uh, next review, we should do, Hot Takes should include at least one, uh, at least one, uh, um, uh, first minute KO prop. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, you you can bet that on DraftKings now. Fight yeah. ends in the first sixty seconds. They have that actual wager. Oh, I mean, yeah, let, right now, 
Yeah. What, what, is it, what is Amanda Nunez in uh, first 60 seconds? Let's see. Because <clears throat> they, they definitely have that fight ends in the first 60 seconds. So. I'll go. Well, while Joe's looking that up. If I want, if I was going to do a hot take one fight, fighter to yeah. end in 60 seconds, I would do something like, uh, God, I really hate that I would do it, but I would probably be different. I think Carlos Ulberg is live that under 60 minutes. Yeah. Prop. And if he doesn't get it, I think the fight could suck ass. Yeah. So get this fight to end in the first 60 seconds uh, plus 800. Of Nunez? Yeah. Well, well, Nunez or Anderson. Well, if, if you think, I mean, it's hard to get a sub in 60 seconds, right? But, right. It would have to be a knockout. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll go, I'll go a little more conventional here and I'll, and I'll, I'll take the, uh, the uh, Thiago Santos Alexander Racket fight, which I think is probably the odds-on favorite for that to happen, right? I would think. Yeah, yeah. Joe, you got one, or are you going? I, I gave you mine. It's it's. Okay. Uh, I already batted. Yeah, it. Plus, it. plus eight. Plus and, uh, you guys are quiet in, You guys are quiet in chat this week, guys. Too much because we freaking crushed it. Thank you, everybody, for joining us in chat. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe, follow all of us on Twitter. Our handles are right there on the screen because you're watching on YouTube. Good luck in your contest. We'll see you next time for UFC 260. Later, Thanks, guys. everybody. Peace.